Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. People always ask, why is God not answering my prayer? And it's a good question. I have prayed and prayed. Listen to John 15, 7. Now, some people use this verse to say, anything I ask God, he should give me. By the way, faith is not believing God will do what you say. Faith is believing God will do what he said. Let me say it again with great respect. Because I've heard people say, I asked him, I asked him, he didn't do it. Faith is not believing God will do what you say. Because Romans 8.26 says, we know not how to pray. You may have a family member who's out of the church. You've been praying six weeks and you're tired. Huh? How badly do you want this person to come back? Pray and pray and pray. The idea that prayer is not essential is one of Satan's most successful devices in ruining souls. I've met people who say, why do I have to pray? God knows what I want. Why do I have to pray? Why did Jesus pray? Are you Jesus? If Jesus prayed, I need to pray. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God is good. Come on, you can do better than that. God is good. And all the time. Yes, he is. How many of you love God? Can I see your hand? I love God too. He's a very nice person. I love him and I like him. I thank God that he is God and no one else. How was your week? Did you work hard? You know, lazy people cannot keep the Sabbath. Do you know that? <laughs> A lazy person cannot keep the Sabbath because there's nothing to rest from. So I hope you worked hard during the week and I hope you represented God well. But we thank God for bringing us through. Can you say amen? I was listening to Mavis give her testimony. And there's so many little things and large things that we take for granted. We mustn't do that. The Bible says, give thanks all the time. All the time. The very fact that I can speak, I ought to give God thanks. Are you following me? The very fact I can do that, I ought to give God thanks. Because there are those who cannot do that. This is no joke. I'm not being insensitive. I'm trying to sensitize us to the fact that there is no such thing as a second that passes by without the need to say, thank you, Jesus. 
Uh, last week, our heat went out for a few days, and it was cold in the house. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, that's true. You see, a dead person cannot feel cold. Ah, you missed it. You must not have had breakfast. You missed it. A dead person cannot feel cold. And so we thank God we could feel cold. But we thank him even more when the heat came. <laughs> ah, God is a good God. I really like God. For those of you online, wherever you are, thank you very much for joining us. May God super abundantly bless you and put a double blessing on your children. I heard there were two guests among us, a gentleman from California. Where's the gentleman from California? What's your name? What's the name? Kwabna. You must be from Ghana. All right. I've been to Ghana about seven times. Uh, six of those times to uh, Kumasi. God bless you. Nice to have you. May the Lord bless you. I truly mean that. There was a lady from the sunny Bahamas. Laverne? Rosemary. How are you, Rosemary? Thanks for coming. God bless you. You're from what? Bahamas Network. What is that? Paul Miller. Who is he? <laughs> okay. When you get back, tell him we all said hi. Thank you for coming. My sister, may God bless you and usher you right into his kingdom. Say amen for our two guests. Amen. Is there anyone who's a guest we have not yet recognized? All right. We thank God for the Holy Sabbath day. The time will soon be upon us when keeping the Sabbath will be a life-threatening activity. We have to practice faithfulness to God now. Let me tell you why. I don't mean to preach two sermons, but it just came to me. Jesus Christ said... He that is faithful in that which is least, finish the verse, is faithful also in much, which means God assesses you and me based on how we handle what? Little things. Then he determines whether we're fitted to handle what? Big thing. I'm saying that to say this, the time of trouble will be a big thing. The little challenges we have today are little things. If we do not handle them well, what assurance does God have? We will handle the big trial well. It just will not happen. There is a heavenly principle. Our attitude towards the little things determines our attitude towards the big things. So let us try to be faithful in little things. So if God sees fit to keep us alive during the time of trouble, he will not have to bite his nails as he watches us. He will be able to say of us, as he said of Abraham, I know him. Or I know her. Our subject for today, principles for powerful praying. What did I say? If you are using a phone, make sure the volume is off so that there's no disturbance in God's house. God deserves reverence. If you agree, say amen. Favor number two, I'll ask you while I'm speaking, pray for me and simply say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Jeremiah chapter one, verse nine. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And I really want God to put his words in my mouth. In Numbers 23, verse 5, the Bible says, Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. Now, the Bible has nothing good to say about Balaam. Just read Second Peter and the book of Jude. 
Nothing good to say about Balaam. Yet the Lord put a word in Balaam's, which means the Lord can use anyone he chooses. Don't overlook people. The Lord can use anyone he chooses for his overall agenda. And so ask God from time to time, put his words in my mind. The carnal nature likes to think that its words are good. They're scholarly. They're erudite. No. The words of God will change your lives. Mine may cause damage. Favor number three, think. When God took away Nebuchadnezzar's reason, how did he live? Like an animal. It is this reasoning capacity we possess that separates us from the animals. If that goes, we're simply two-legged animals. And so you think, use that reasoning power. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us do what? Reason together, saith the Lord. What's our subject? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for life. And I say that very, very seriously. Thank you, Father, for the freedom of worship we still enjoy in this country. We thank you for our degree of health. We thank you, Father, for one another. If we've sinned against you, forgive us, dear God. Micah chapter 7 verse 18 says, You delight in mercy, and there is no greater mercy than forgiveness. Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask you to use me, Father. As a musician uses an instrument, I offer no resistance. Tell me what to say. Tell me how to say it. Tell me when to say it. Because you know when a listening soul needs to hear it. Bless not only us, dear God. There are people observing your holy day all over the world now. Bless them as verily as you bless us. And through the agency of your spirit, unite our hearts as one. For those believers, dear God, who live under very difficult circumstances, be very close to them and sustain them as verily as you sustained the Israelites in the wilderness. Bless this country. Guide the leaders, Father. In your own way, remind them that righteousness exalteth the nation. And remind us, it also exalts the individual. Bless every nation represented by those watching online, I pray. Place your healing hand upon the sick. Remove COVID-19, I pray. Ease pain and suffering, dear God. Now, Father, take full control, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and amen. Principles for what? Powerful praying. Before we uh, get into the principles, let's find a biblical example of praying. Go with me to Matthew 14. It's 12, 12. I'll release you before one. Nobody said amen. <laughs> okay. Matthew, what chapter did I say? 14. Reading from what verse? 22. I read from the King James Version of the Bible. Matthew 14, reading from verse 22, principles for powerful praying. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart, finish the words, to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. We have a scriptural reference to Jesus Christ praying. 
and he sent the disciples away, he went up into the mountain by himself and he prayed. It is good to pray with the family. It is good to pray with the church. There's no replacement for private prayer between you and your God. There is no replacement for that. Jesus sent the disciples away that he might talk to his God by himself. An example of praying. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. We'll read verse 1. Principles for powerful praying. Luke 11, reading verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. How? As John also taught his disciples. Now we have Jesus praying in the company of others. Whether he was praying for them, with them is not clear, but he was in the presence of others. In Matthew 14, he goes off by himself. Luke 11.1, 1, he prays in the presence of others. Let's go to Luke 22. We read from verse 41. Luke 22, reading from verse 41. Do you have Luke 22? 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now we have Jesus Christ again praying. Now he had requested of the disciples that they would do some backup praying for him. Are you with me? What did they do? They fell asleep. So they're sleeping while he's praying, while they should have been praying to back up the prayer of Jesus. Sometimes we need backup prayers. Can you say amen? amen? My prayer, God will always hear it, but there's something about a lot of prayer. Ella White says, when Paul was put into prison, God did not bring him out because the church did not pray for Paul as they prayed for Peter. And so God left Paul in prison. He did not leave Paul. I said he left him in prison. But Paul was not left alone. But God brought Peter out. Why? Because the church as a whole prayed for Peter. By the way, you can hurt people by not praying for them. Not praying for people is withholding a tremendous blessing for people. Pray for people. James chapter 5 verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Christ is in Gethsemane, he prays to his father. So we see Christ praying, Matthew 14, 22, 23. We see Christ praying, Luke 11, verse 1. We see Christ praying, Luke 22, verses 41, 42. Now, let's look at Christ praying again. Let's go to John chapter 6. We need to establish conclusively that Christ's life was a life of prayer. Do you have John 6? Let's read from verse 8. Our subject, principles for powerful praying. Let me pray again, dear God, as I continue. Restrain my carnal nature. Let your glory be my only objective, I pray, along with the blessing to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. What book did I say? John, what chapter? Six, what verse? Eight, read with me. What does that say? One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said what? Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Now read the next verse with me. And Jesus did what? took the loaves, keep reading, 
when he had given thanks, which meant he prayed in the presence of a vast assembly. So he was praying. It was a representative prayer. All the 5,000, their thanks were bound up in the prayer of Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. Let's read from verse 23, principles for powerful praying. 1 Corinthians 11, reading from verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took what? Bread. And when he had? Ah, yes, when he had prayed, when he given thanks, he break it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Look at verse 25. Now, read carefully the first words of verse 25. What are those words? After the same manner also, what does that mean? The same way he took the bread and prayed, he took the wine and prayed. Christ loved to pray. Can you say amen? He loved to pray. Let's go to John 17. Before we go to John 17, let's go to John 11. John 11, our subject, principles for powerful prayer. We're taking time to look at Jesus, and you can't spend too much time looking at Christ, because by beholding, come on, tell me, you become changed. Yes, by the way, don't look at your problems too closely. Understand what they are. The more you look at the problem, the more you become changed into that. Look at the solution. When the Israelites were bitten by serpents, uh, Numbers 21, verses 5 to 9, God told Moses, make a brazen serpent, put it on a pole. Tell the Israelites, look at the serpent, not at the snake bite. If you focus all your attention on the problem and disregard the problem solver, you worsen your situation. There is no hope. Hope does not flow from problems. Hope flows from solutions. And the source of that solution is God. Regardless of your challenge or difficulty, keep your eye on God. When three armies threatened Jerusalem in the days of Jehoshaphat, he gathered all Judah to Jerusalem to pray. And in verse 12, his prayer ends this way. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes, tell me the end of that verse, are upon thee. Here were the three armies. Jehoshaphat was looking to God because the armies offered him no hope. There were three. He looked to God. What book did I say to go to? John, what chapter? 11. Let's read from verse 39. What is John 11 well known for? The resurrection of Lazarus. What's 1 Corinthians 13 well known for? Love. What is Matthew 24 well known for? End time signs. What is Hebrews 11 well known for? What's Genesis 1 well known for? <laughs> All right. John 11, reading from verse 39. When you found it, say amen. <clears throat> it's 1220. We have time. Is that 1220 or 1120? 12, okay. All right. John 11, verse 39. Jesus said, take you with a stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, <clears throat> Lord, by this time he stinketh. Why? For he hath been dead 
four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Now, read with me. Then Jesus did what? Lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Stop. Heard what? Prayers. Keep reading. And I knew that thou hearest me always. Which means that Jesus was always praying. And the Father was always listening. Is there a verse that says pray without ceasing? Would you say Christ practiced that? Yes. Can you and I? Yes. The verse doesn't say kneel without ceasing. It says pray without ceasing. Keep your mind always in contact with heaven. Colossians 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. If your affections are on things above, that's where your mind is, for where your treasure is. Mm-hmm. But you and I cannot pray without ceasing if the things that are important to us are worldly. Because this is where our mind will be. It's a psychological principle, but more importantly, it's a biblical principle. I have a friend. <laughs> he was pastoring a church somewhere. And he bought a fancy car, BMW, I think it was. And he and I were chatting. I spoke at his church, and he said, when he had the BMW, he was never at peace on the pulpit. Because he kept wondering, what? Who's parking next to my car? He told me that. Who's scratching the, the chrome or who's whatever? So he bought a, you know, some car with three wheels and all his worries went away. <laughs> he ceased to worry about the car because his mind was no longer on the car. He sat on a pulpit with a clear mind. Set your affection on things above. And praying without ceasing will not be difficult. All right. And I thank thee that thou hearest me always. Why? Because Christ was... By the way, may I digress? Yes. Read again verse 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always. Is that literal or symbolic? It's literal. Keep this in mind that the Father always heard the prayers of Jesus. Okay, go to John 17. Hopefully this will give you some courage, some hope. Christ is praying. That's called a high priestly prayer. Beautiful chapter. Read the whole thing. Memorize it. John 17. Let's read verse 9. Read with me. I pray for them, meaning the disciples. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Jesus said, right now I am not praying for the world. I am praying for the disciples. How many of them? Well, 11. <laughs> Brother Judas had gone about his nefarious work. Are you following me? 11. He had not yet been replaced. He's replaced in Acts chapter 1. Christ is praying for his disciples now. Go to verse 20. You must read that with me. What does that say? Neither pray I for these, but for them also which shall believe on me, come on, through their word. Whom does that include? Us. What, which means this. Christ. Yes. Now how can the prayer of Christ lose? 
when the father, come on. Oh. You heard what I said? Did it register? Jesus Christ prayed for you. What did he say? Go to verse 14. 15, sorry, of John 17. Let's read 15. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. Hmm. Say the Lord's Prayer with me. It was our scripture reading. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and do what? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. Stop. We pray in that common prayer, deliver us from all evil. Listen to Jesus praying in John 17, verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. The one in the model prayer who said, deliver us from all evil, pray to the Father, keep them from the evil. Now, and I'm preaching several sermons in one. Is that okay? Listen to 15 again. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. The problem is not that you live in the hood. The problem is not that you live in the burial. The problem is not the trailer park. The problem is not the reservation. Keep them from the evil wherever they are. All right. What else did Jesus pray to the Father and say? We're still looking at Jesus as a model prayer. Let's go to verse 17. Read that for me. You know it without looking. Come on, lift your heads. What does that verse say? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus prayed that prayer to the Father. And he tells us in verse 20, this prayer is not only for those in my presence. I am praying for those down through the centuries right up to December 3, 2022 in Ypsilanti. Sanctify them through thy truth. The Lord cannot sanctify you if your belief is Sunday is the Sabbath. He cannot sanctify you with error. I'm talking to myself. Nobody's listening. Sanctify them, come on, to thy truth. If you believe the dead go right to heaven or hell, that has no sanctifying effect. It is not truth. This is not some casual option. This is life and death. Whether you accept truth or not, it is life and death. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now, sanctification is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, it is done by truth. For those of you listening to me, who may be Sunday worshipers, and God loves you, but he does not love error. Make a change. Because there's no Bible support. For Sunday is a Sabbath day. Are you following me? Absolutely none. I say this almost every time I preach because it is the outstanding error in Christianity. And it has to be hit and hit because some people, they love God, but they have heads made of concrete. And you have to hit and hit and hit. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now, we've looked at Jesus Christ 
as an example of someone who prayed and prayed and prayed. Now, let's look at a principle. I'll give you about three of them, maybe four, for powerful praying. And those were also exemplified in the life of Jesus Christ. Let me pray again. Dear God, tighten your grip on my faculties, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to John 15. John 15. John is perhaps the most beautiful book in the entire Bible. It was written by the disciple who was closest to Christ. You get an inside look at the kind of person Christ was from the man who would lean on his breast and his chest. What a lovely picture. Nothing shaky about it. Can you say amen? Mm -hmm. Men can love men. Do you have, what book did I say? John, what chapter? 15. Let's read from verse, oh, verse 7. Read with me. If ye abide in me, come on, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. People always ask, why is God not answering my prayer? And it's a good question. I have prayed and prayed. Listen to John 15, 7. Now, some people use this verse to say, anything I ask God, he should give me. By the way, faith is not believing God will do what you say. Faith is believing God will do what he said. <laughs> it's time. Let me say it again with great respect. Because I've heard people say, I asked him, I asked him, he didn't do it. Faith is not believing God will do what you say. Because Romans 8.26 says, we know not how to pray. Faith is believing God will do what he said. Now, how do we know what God said? It's in the word. Now, listen to John 15.7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, the word of God is a living thing. That's the most accurate expression I can use. It's a living thing. Well, let the Bible tell you more clearly. Go to John 6. Let's read verse 63. Our subject, principles for powerful praying. John 6, verse 63. Are you there? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. What does quickeneth mean? To bring alive, yes. God will judge the quick and the dead. Well, the opposite of dead is alive. Quick is alive. It is the spirit that quickeneth or gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. What does the spirit do? It quickens. It brings alive. Now, finish the verse. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm. This in some mysterious way I do not understand, but I accept, is life. If I were to say to you, you're the ugliest person I've ever seen, something will happen to your physiological system. Your face will change color, depending on your complexion. Your mouth will go dry, and homicidal thoughts will enter your mind. If I were to say, that's the loveliest dress I've ever seen, a reverse cascade of events will take place. Your immune system becomes stronger because your stress is reduced. You smile. Light flashes in your eyes. Why? Because someone spoke words. You tell a child you're the dumbest child I've ever had, that child perhaps will not go very far. And if you found out, you'd go to that school armed with a Bible, hopefully. <laughs> not a Glock 17. Are you following me? 
words have power. And so Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Now, Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. What kind of words? Living words. What kind of words? Spiritful words. Isaiah 30, 21, and you shall hear a, a voice or sound behind thee saying what? This is the way? Walk in it. You know what that sound is? The sound of the Spirit through the Word of God. We're talking about principles for powerful praying. Jesus said Your, his words must abide within. What does the word abide mean? Remain. Stay. Continue. Persist. Not flash in the pan. Remain, stay, continue, persist. If my word is in you as a living thing, that word, you see, will instruct you how to pray. Ah, you didn't get that. The word of God will tell us how to pray. Because we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Romans 8, 26. The antidote for that is the spirit-filled word of God. Principle number one, stay in the word of God. Stay in the word of God. The word will direct. Psalm 119, verse 30. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth light where? To the mind. The word of God enlightens the mind, not 94 East. The mind. When the Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet, not your feet, the mind. So you can make decisions in the light of God's truth. Let's look at principle two. My favorite word, obey. Go to 1 John chapter 3. Our subject principles for powerful praying. 1 John chapter 3. Read with me verse 22. And, you haven't found it yet? All right, I'll give you five more seconds. 1 John 3, 22. That book is also written by the one who wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote five books, the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. All right, 1 John 3, 22. What does the Bible say? And whatsoever we ask, come on, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments, go on, and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Now, did we say that God always heard the praise of Jesus? Keep one finger on 1 John 3, 22. Go to John 8, 29. You have John 8, 29? Some of you are still looking frantically. Have you found it? Read with me. What does that say? And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Finish the verse. For I do always those things that please him now. Jesus said, I always do what pleases God. Go back to 1 John chapter 3. Let's read verse 22, which said, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments. Finish the verse. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Question for you. Why did the Father always hear the prayers of Jesus? Because he did those things that were pleasing in the Father's sight, he obeyed. By the way, obedience is a foundation for every blessing. You need time to think about that? Obedience is the foundation stone for God's blessings. So we have obey. 
whatsoever you ask. One of the problems with Christianity is that many churches build theology on one verse. There are some churches who build their dietary laws on 1 Timothy 4, verse 4, for every creature of God is good. That's all they use, and they decide they can eat pork and rabbits and squirrels or whatever else. The Seventh-day Adventist Church does not build its theology in one verse. Its principle is, here a little, there a little, line upon line, come on, precept upon precept. When you read John 15, 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will. People think, I can ask God anything I want and he'll do it. They do not take into consideration the same writer said in 1 John 3, 22, if you obey him, God cannot reward disobedience because disobedience is lack of faith. Are you with me? Disobedience is lack of faith. In the act of disobedience, faith is surrendered. By the way, you cannot exercise faith and sin at the same time. You can't do it. Are you with me? You can't pray and sin at the same time. I mean, you're praying biblically. If you say, Father, please let his house burn down, I'm not talking about that. Are you with me? You cannot pray as you ought to pray and sin. You cannot have faith and sin at the same time. And so while John 15, 7 is 100% legitimate, it cannot be divorced from 1 John 3, 22. Neither can it be divorced from Proverbs 28, 9. Let's go there with me. Principles for powerful praying. Proverbs 28, verse 9. Are you there? Yeah. Read with me. What does that say? He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Now, when you see someone praying, you usually stay still and quiet. But that could be an abomination in operation, which God despises. He that turneth away his ear. I was conducting a crusade in Detroit several years ago. Some of you might remember. Out of that came mustard seed. And uh, a lady came for the first night, the first week. She came. I preached on diet. She went home, emptied her refrigerator of all things, as we say, that had a face. And changed. But when I introduced the Sabbath towards the end of the first week, she didn't come out the second week. So I called her at her office and she said, Sister, I would have missed you. She said, Elder Skeet, I cannot sit under that preaching and not make a decision. So I'm not coming back. <laughs> he that turneth away his ear or she from hearing the law, and sometimes the law can mean the revealed will of God, even that person's prayer shall be an abomination. An abomination is simply an intensified form of sin. We've seen two principles. What's principle one? The word of God must abide in us to instruct us as to how to pray. Because we cannot argue with Romans 8.26. We know not what to ask for. The word of God will instruct us. That's how God... I got a text two days ago. What about dreams and visions? Everyone wants dreams and visions because there's no need to study God's word. 
And I wrote back and said, God's primary method of communication these days is his word. In the days of Abraham, there was no Bible. In the days of Noah, there was no Bible. In the days of whomever, there was no Bible. We have God's word today. Why do you need a dream? God's will is revealed in his word. We have to trust that. His will is revealed in his word. By the way, the primary reason for Bible study is to discover God's will for your life. In the word of God. The moment you step out of God's word and you request a dream, you're putting yourself on dangerous ground. I'm not saying God cannot send a dream, but God's method of communication is his word. That's why he has magnified his word above all his name. He has not magnified dreams above his name. He's magnified his word. If you live and study God's word, the Lord will speak to you. Because his word is his voice. What was principle two? Obey God. Let me ask you this, but don't answer me. Is this some area of your life where you're not obeying? I heard someone groan. I said, don't answer me. If there is, what should you do? Change it. With God's help, of course. Let's look at principle three. Go to Mark 11. There's several other principles. I'll just give you three. It's 18 minutes to one. When did I say I let you out? Okay. Have you found my word to be reliable over the years? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What book did I say? Mark, what chapter? 11, reading from verse 23. Do you have that? And my friends online, I hope you're still with us. Let me pray again. Father, I'm coming close to the end. Continue to be with me, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Read with me. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, keep reading, and shall not doubt where? In his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus says, if you say to a mountain, move and will not doubt. When you read will not doubt, how much doubt will that allow? None. So what percentage of faith do we need? 100%. Now, if this is all the faith you have, you can still give God 100%. No, you didn't get it. This is a bottle, this is a bottle. If I fill this up, is it full? If I fill this up, is it full? Which one has more? Which one has more? This one. Which one is more full? <laughs> okay. They're both full. There's no such thing as more full. Are you following me? Is Enoch saved? Yes or no? Is the thief on the cross saved? Yes or no? Who is more saved? Both. But who lived a holier life? Enoch. Now, Jesus said, don't doubt. Which means, if this is all the faith you have, come on, use it. Are you following me? Don't hold anything in reserve. This is not a bank. Use it. If this is what you have, use it. Will not doubt. Let the Bible support that. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Let's read from verse 36. Acts 8. What's that chapter well known for? Acts chapter 8. Come on. What's it well known for? 
A certain man from a certain African country was in a chariot. Come on. The Ethiopian eunuch. All right. Do you have Acts chapter 8, verse 36? Read with me. What does that say? And as they went, they came to a certain water. And the what? The eunuch said to Philip, what did he say? See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip did what? What did he say? If thou believest how? That's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, no doubt. Philip said, believe with all your heart. Same thing. God cannot reward doubt. Because doubt insults God. Go to James, the half-brother of Jesus. James 1. Our subject, principles for powerful praying. 1245. James 1, let's read verse 5. Do you have that? One person has it. Anybody else? All right. Read with me. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abrideth not, and it shall be given him. Here comes the, condu the condition. Keep reading verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Next words. Nothing withering. Stop. <laughs> Jesus said, don't doubt. Philip said, believe with all your heart. James says, nothing wavering. That's how we're to pray. Believing that God can do what needs to be done. You see, the faith is not in your prayer. The faith is not in you. The faith is in God. And the only way to have faith in God is to have faith in God's word. Principle one, what was that? Say that again. Stay in the word of God. God's word is his servant of instruction. Stay in the word of God. Not simply as a form of study for degree, as a principle that guides the life. Principle two. Obey God. In how many things? As far as you and I know. We don't know everything, but as far as we know, obey God. Jesus obeyed, and he said, the Father hears me always. 1 John 3.22, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. But how do you know the things that are pleasing in his sight? You have to go to the word. By the way, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah, let me say it. It may be pleasing in God's sight for some of us to come back to the church physically. It may be pleasing in the sight of God for some of us to stop worshiping in pajamas and come back to the church physically. And if that's your conviction, do what's pleasing in God's sight. Principle number three. Come on. Belief. Now, God is not a statistician. I've said that before. With all respect to statisticians, God is a mathematician. If God says, believe with all your heart, you can't believe 99.9. .9. You see, true faith looks like recklessness. 
Are you with me? True faith, which is Bible-based, of course, not presumption. Faith looks like recklessness. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. The man who declared himself to be truth, he said, when you ask, don't doubt. But he also said, obey. He also said, let his word abide in you. And he told Solomon to tell us, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. You bring those things together to understand the principles of powerful praying. I'll give you one more at 10 minutes to 1. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read verse 17. Three words. You can memorize it in one second. Pray without ceasing. Let's go to Luke 18. Let's read verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1, our subject, principles for powerful praying. Luke 18, reading from verse 1, or just verse 1. Are you there? Read with me. And he spake. You have Luke 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray. Finish the verse. And not to faint. What does faint mean? Give up. Don't give up. You want an example of someone not giving up? Go to Genesis 25 quickly. Genesis 25. Read verse 20 for me. What does that say? And Isaac was... 40 years old when he took Rebekah the wife, the daughter of Bethuel and the sister to Laban. Now he was 40 years old. What principle are we looking at? No, no, what principle? Keep praying, be persistent. Read verse 26, the last sentence of verse 26. And Isaac was three score years when she met them. Now, <laughs> all of us who can count, how old was he when he married her? But look at verse 21. Let's read verse 21 so it makes more sense. Read 21 quickly. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. Why? Because it was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. That verse seems to suggest he prayed on Tuesday. She got pregnant on Wednesday. It's, everything is condensed, you see. The Bible does that sometimes. But when you read verse 26, you realize he prayed how long? 20 years. Now, the Bible refers to God as the God of Abraham, come on, Isaac, and Jacob. Those three men hold a special place in the history of the Bible, the history of God's people, in God's own history, if I can put it like that. The God of Abraham, there are a lot of holy men, Enoch was taken to heaven, not Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. But he's not a God of Enoch, Elijah, and Moses. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac prayed 20 years. You may have a family member who's out of the church. You've been praying six weeks and you're tired. Huh? 
How badly do you want this person to come back? Pray and pray and pray. Because God knows the exact time to bring that person back. When the church is ready. Isaac prayed 20 years. Abraham prayed 25. I'm simply stressing persistence in prayer. Now, don't be distressed that everything you ask God for, he'll take 20 years. I'm not saying that at all. There's some things God does immediately. He says, Father, give me a forgiving spirit. He starts that process. Notice I say he starts the process. You don't become saint whomever overnight. Father, help me to keep the Sabbath properly. He starts immediately. Father, give me a promotion. Mm. Let me wait. Father, I need a husband. Mm. Let me wait a long time. <laughs> Are you with me? The point is, pray how? Without ceasing. Because you can't burden God. You can't worry God. You can't stress God. What's our subject? Principles for powerful praying. Principle one. First of all, who's our example? Did he pray? Did he pray privately? Did he pray personally? Yes. Did he pray for you? Yes. Principle one. Stay in the word. Why? It will guide your mind. Yes. Two. Principle two. Obey God. Yes. Obedience is the foundation of God's blessings. Principle three. The what? Believe. To what degree? No doubt. Based on whatever faith you have. You don't need the faith of Joshua who said, let the sun stand still. That's not the way God functions. God says, if all the faith you have is this little finger, use it. Principle four. Persistent prayer. What are you praying for? Don't tell me. But what are you praying for? What have you prayed about? I prayed for my father all my adult life. And he passed away. I don't know what he said to God. But I prayed for decades that the Lord might save that man. Whether he saved him or not, I'll find out in the resurrection. But I prayed for decades, save my father, save my father. Keep praying. But remember, God is not the author of confusion. God is a systematic God. There is a way to pray. Let me give you one more principle. Pray in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Why is that? Because remove the sacrifice of Christ. And there's nothing God can do for you and me but destroy us. Let me say it again. Remove the sacrifice of Christ. And there is no blessing, however small, God can give to you and to me. It is all because of Calvary. The, sac the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the reason why saints are blessed and sinners receive mercy and are still alive so that they might have an opportunity to come to God. Always in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the Father. Jesus said, pray in my name. So you acknowledge my sacrifice as the basis, the foundation of your salvation. How many of you will say, Father, help me to implement these principles in my prayer life? Can I see your hand? Stand up with me.
Do we all pray for other people? It's essential to pray for other people. Take the focus off you. Otherwise, says one way to overcome temptation is to help those struggling with the same temptation. Go help them. And you receive power. I'll give you a couple of quotations from the servant of the Lord. Acts of the Apostles, page 564, paragraph 1. What did I say? <laughs> Acts of the Apostles, page 564, paragraph 1. What did I say? Prayer is heaven's ordained means of success in the conflict with sin and the development of a spiritual character. Prayer is heaven's ordained means of success in the conflict with sin and the development of a Christian or spiritual character. In Councils for the Church, page 294, paragraph 2, L.O.I. writes, Prayer is the most important exercise of the soul. And Child Guidance, page 518, paragraph 1. The idea that prayer is not essential is one of Satan's most successful devices in ruining souls. Let me give it to you again. Child Guidance, page 518, paragraph 1. The idea that prayer is not essential. I've met people who say, why do I have to pray? God knows what I want. You talk about well-dressed arrogance. Why do I have to pray? He knows what I want. Why did Jesus pray? Are you Jesus? If Jesus prayed, I need to pray. Child Guidance, page 518, paragraph 1. The idea that prayer is not essential is one of Satan's most successful devices in ruining souls. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the example of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the privilege of prayer conversation with the God of the old universe. Father, I can't just walk up and talk to Biden, my president. Someone in England just can't walk up and talk to the prime minister. But I can just kneel or sit or walk or lie down and talk to the God of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Thank you to God for this honor. And as we speak to you right now, we ask you that God forgive us where we've fallen short. Forgive us where we've prayed contrary to Bible principles. Having heard what we heard, dear God, enable us, I pray, to bring our prayer life into conformity with biblical principles that you may show us how eager you are to bless us. Touch everyone listening, Father, in person and online. A sweet blessing on all our guests and a double blessing on all the little boys and girls. As we leave this place, this holy building, remind us we're holy people seven days a week. Watch over us, God, and use us to be a blessing to others, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen.